Well, good evening, church. Welcome to our Sunday night series on the parables. Lessons from heaven for life on earth. My favorite parable. We started last Sunday night, continuing tonight. The parable of the soils. And I'm calling it the four people who went to church because they all had exposure to the word. So get a Bible and let's study Matthew 13 verses 1 through 9. Same text as last Sunday night. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. We looked at that last Sunday night. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, that's interesting, they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. And last Sunday night, if you recall, we looked at two basic points. The first, all growth begins with seed. You, you, you simply can't consider this. It is impossible to grow without the seed of the word getting into your life. In the same way that you can't grow anything without putting seed in the ground, you can't grow a Christian unless you get the seed into the life. And so I don't know what emphasis you have placed on getting God's word into your life, how seriously you take that. But according to Jesus, there's no life without seed. It has to get into the life. That's first. The second point was our natural tendency is to become unresponsive to God's word. That's that part about hard pathway soil where Jesus says the seed comes, lands on it, but doesn't get under the surface. It just sits there. Later, he says, the enemy comes. That's the birds and they snatch away the seed. So I have to be very careful to get the word into my life. No growth without seed. And then point number two, I have to be very careful the longer I walk with Jesus that I don't take truth for granted. That I'm constantly um, making sure it's getting under the surface of my life. So those are the two points we looked at last Sunday night. So I have three more that I want to look at. So if that was one and two, we're starting tonight with point number three. I can't receive the word in a fruitful manner until I'm willing to displace, that's the word I'm using, whatever is in my heart that is contrary to its truth, contrary to the truth of the word. I get that. In Matthew 13, verses 5 and 6, where Jesus says, Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. 
But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, that's interesting, no root, they withered away. Then if you move down a little ways, Jesus explains to the disciples what he was getting at with this idea of the rocky soil. That's in Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21. As for what was sown on rocky ground, okay, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. That sounds good. Immediately receives it with joy. 21. Yet, yet he has no root in himself. What does that mean? He has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And what I want you to notice is Jesus uses that word immediately. He uses it twice. He says they receive the word with joy immediately. That's in 13.5. And then Jesus says they immediately fall away. That's in 13.21. Immediately they receive it. They're excited about it. And then immediately they fall away. Striking. Here we have Jesus dealing with the problem of short-lived Christian commitment. I mean, why don't all of our aspirations and goals for our Christian life, why don't they all materialize? Why, why are there people who don't end up as well as they start out? That's a big question. And that's the issue Jesus is dealing with in these verses. You, you can see the problem he's addressing. The seed enters, gets into the soil, and immediately starts to grow really quickly. looks good. There's, there's the emotional excitement Jesus is describing in this new Christian. Comes from the inner awareness of, of sins forgiven, grace received. You see it all the time. But then Jesus talks about a problem. Just as surely as the germination was quick, Jesus says it was also shallow. I mean, the roots went down into the soil, but only a short way. That's what Jesus means when he says he has no root in himself. The roots went down, they started, but only a little way. Then, then something happened. The roots under the soil, you couldn't see it. The roots hit a rock. And they couldn't penetrate that rock. Now, nobody saw this going on in this new Christian's life. The leaves stayed green for a while. It looked good. The outward appearance of life seemed unchanged. But all the while, there's a disaster in the making. Spiritual drought was coming. Soon the holy honeymoon would be over. Jesus tells us trials came. Persecution is the word Jesus uses, on account of the word. So this isn't persecution because I'm mean or ornery or stubborn. Not that. Persecution because of my commitment to Jesus. That's the kind of persecution Jesus is talking about. But the persecution isn't the problem. That's a frequent misinterpretation of this parable. The cause of the shriveled up life 
wasn't the trial or the difficulty. Those things only manifested the problem. Here's what happened. Somewhere, amid all the excitement of new spiritual life, the joy of discovering forgiveness and grace and making a good start, somewhere in there, amid all the excitement, the Lord began to deal with something under the surface in this convert's life. And all the while, this new Christian was singing choruses and giving testimonies. All the while, God was trying to reach a level of commitment way down underneath the emotions. And for whatever reason, while the emotions were stirred, it says he receives it immediately with joy. The emotions were stirred, but at some point, this convert's will wasn't dethroned. This can be a big problem. There are whole churches who teach people just to live by their feelings and their impulses. There are whole churches who thrive on keeping people just on the edge of their seats with emotional excitement. And, and believe me, there's nothing wrong with a bright emotional quality in our worship and in our Christian walk. It ought to be there. I agree with that. But sooner or later, God's going to come to some area of my stubborn will that is under the surface and it's as immovable as a great big granite rock. And nobody else will know. You'll never know whether at that under the surface part of my life, you're never going to know whether I'm listening to Jesus or not. Nobody else will see how real Christ's lordship is under the surface of my life. But that one issue, that one area, that rock-like unyieldedness to the lordship of Jesus, that's going to determine my survival as a Christian. That's what this parable is teaching. Jesus explains why in 13.12. For to the one who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Those are really striking words. I mean, most of us understand that Jesus, through the inward work of the Holy Spirit, he speaks to our lives, and he plants truth into our hearts. It's the last part of that verse that's a bit harder to swallow. Did, did you know, did you know that Jesus will actually take away previous benefit to the word in your life when you cease to live in obedience to what he's revealing? Wow. It's not just that I won't make any further progress. That much seems obvious. Fair enough. But, but that he actually removes what has been gained in previous years of discipleship. You, 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 if I don't yield under the surface of my life, the Lord speaks. I've got all these parts where I'm listening to Jesus and you see my worship and you see my church attendance and you see me at prayer meetings and I got all that going on and it's going well. But here's this part where Jesus is speaking to my heart down under the surface. Nobody else sees it and I'm not listening. I refuse to budge. It's not just that I don't grow in that area, it's that I lose the benefit of all these other areas as well. 
No wonder Jesus stresses this. He who has ears, Jesus says. People fall and fail in all sorts of ways. You do, I do. God is patient, he's merciful, he's helpful, and he's forgiving to repentant sinners. But, make no mistake, Jesus says he's absolutely intolerant to that stubborn refusal to yield some area to his lordship when he speaks. Any area of persistent unwillingness to heed the word, it will choke out the seed. That's really striking. Okay, point number four. Intake of the word is not enough to ensure its growth in the heart. I get this in 13.7. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And then the explanation of this is in 13.22. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who, he hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, two things, cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, Jesus says, choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. That's quite a verb, eh? Chokes the word. Get that experience. Just, yeah. When I was a kid, we used to sing this chorus in Sunday school. Maybe you did too. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. All in all, pretty good little song for kids to learn. And it's true, but, it, but it's not quite the whole truth. It isn't enough just to read your Bible and pray every day. You, you have to be doing something else, according to Jesus, that takes quite a bit of courage, quite a bit of persistence, and quite a bit of diligence. In addition to read your Bible, pray every day, Jesus says you also have to pull out weeds and thorns every day. You can't just add the word. You have to delete something else if you want to grow. And so Jesus identifies two parasites that if you leave them to grow alongside the word, okay, they will win. It's not that the word chokes the thorns. No, no, no. The thorns choke the word. These things will beat the word if you don't root them out of your life. These two things, cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they're, they're deeply related. Jesus chose those two things for a reason. The cares of this world, well, they center on the obvious centers of worldly ambition. Security, happiness, popularity, Pleasure, those are the goals of virtually all people on planet Earth. We feel the pressure to achieve those things. That's the cares of the world. That's where the deceitfulness of riches comes in. We live in a world that is under the sway of the father of all lies. And the biggest and most successful lie that he tells is if you want to if you want to deal with the cares of this world and get the best of them and win, the way you get happiness, security, pleasure, leisure, the way you get those things is wealth. 
riches will take care of the cares of the world. That's the lie. That's the lie. Wealth is the answer to those concerns in a way that nothing else ever could be. And here's the punchline from Jesus. Jesus says, if you believe that, put your Bible away. It's not going to do you any good. You can't spread the seed of the word over the colossal lie that riches will solve the cares of your life. That's what the life of faith is all about. Faith means faith means rejecting anything else as ultimately satisfying and meaningful. Faith means carving out all of the false affections and ambitions. Faith means uh, building the goals and aspirations of your whole life around the promises of God's word rather than the lies that riches will deal with the cares of this world. It, it, it means saying with David, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Verse 10, more, more to be desired are they than gold there. That's the opposite of the lie. More to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. See, without that attitude, here's the problem. Here's why the, the, the thorns and weeds of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, here's why there's such a problem. If I listen to that lie, the Bible is going to constantly be telling me things I won't believe. I won't be able to make sense of it. Because the, God's Word, it's constantly going to tell me that all the paltry rags this world calls life aren't really life. It's going to say those are rags and they won't feel like rags to me if I believe they're the greatest thing on earth. It will tell you that true joy is found in giving every ounce of your energy and strength to spending your life sacrificially in God's kingdom and that will make no sense to me. The word will tell me that dying is gain for Jesus. It will tell me that it's blessed when people are persecuted for Jesus' sake. It will tell you that hunger for God is better than hunger for riches. And none of those things will ring true unless I pull out those thorns and weeds. They will just choke. The, the reasonableness of the word will just be choked. Jesus says that until the weeds are rejected, as lies, and until they're ripped up by the roots, they will choke out the preciousness of God's life-giving truth. Paul said the same thing. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 12. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare Look what he says. Into many senseless, if you're, if you're just living to be rich, senseless, that's what he says. Senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin 
and destruction. For the love of money, that member, the deceitfulness of riches. Jesus says, there, those are the thorns that choke out the word. The love of money, verse 10, is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, pierced themselves with many pangs. There, the, the word got choked. But as for you, O man or woman of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. That's the fight against those thorns and weeds that Jesus is talking about. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Those really are scary words for prosperous North American Christians. I mean, they're designed, I think, to shake me up a bit, to shake you up a bit. We're supposed to assume that we can be blind like that. We're supposed to assume in Cedarview Community Church, we can be deceived like that. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't wake up one morning and just renounce Jesus. It happens slowly. The way thorns grow, the way weeds grow. All right, last point. We're almost done. Point number five. This is a good way to finish this parable. In a good heart, the word can produce results far beyond the individual's own strength or ability. So maybe you've been listening to this teaching and you think, gee, there's an awful lot of hard stuff and some strong warnings and I, I don't know if I measure up. Look at verses 8 and 9. Matthew 13. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then 23, the explanation to the disciples As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. So it's not just like on the pathway sitting on the surface. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. If you read Mark, Mark reduces, he reverses the order. Starts smaller and ends big. And I think the, you, the reason you have those two accounts is the, the words of Jesus. The one who has, more will be given. The one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It can go either way, depending on your response. That's the point there. But I used to think that those measurements of fruitfulness, 100, 60, 30-fold, I used to think Jesus meant there were sort of fixed limits. So, you know, Pastor Chris, he's a hundred-folder. Pastor Chad, he's a 60-folder. Pastor Don, sorry, 30-fold. But I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to say. And the fact that Mark reverses those numbers in his Gospels, it shows that the order isn't the issue either. Here's what I think Jesus is saying. And it answers to the old fear that all of us have. And Jesus relates the power of his word to deal with this fear that we have. That God has things for other people. Works for them. But, it, but it's never going to work for me. Pastor Don, you don't realize I've tried all sorts of things spiritually. I, I, can't, I can't get anything to work. Other people, they might reach great spiritual heights. 
but I'm in this rut and I can't get out of it. And, and to make things worse, the devil comes along, the accuser, and he, and he cements those negative thoughts in our minds. That's right. You're, you're a single parent. Your kids are never going to turn out. That's right. Your marriage was, wasn't established on biblical grounds. You're never going to find happiness with your present spouse. That's right. You've, you've had an abortion. That's right. You'll never beat the battle with pornography. You're too weak. You've tried before. You failed. You're going to fail again. That's right. That sermon, it, it's okay when you're in church, but it's never going to work when you get out there in real life. And I wonder how many millions of times in millions of ways in churches all over the country, those words will be whispered, reinforced in the minds of Christians as the seed of the word is planted. I wonder how many people will lose hope before they even start. Please, as we wrap up, please take this truth into your heart. The word has power to multiply in your heart. It's like seed. I know, true, it has to be received in faith, has to be received in obedience. True enough, you got to get the rocks out from under the surface of your life that nobody else sees. True enough, you do have to pull out the weeds and the thorns. I'm not arguing with any of that. But to those who will just humbly receive the engrafted word, James says it is able to save your soul. No wonder, no wonder as he ends this parable, Jesus says, he who has ears, verse 9, he who has ears, let him hear. That's not just Jesus giving this locker room pep talk. Okay, guys, listen up. I want to tell you something. It's not that. This is Jesus telling you and telling me, make sure you hear this because this is the starting place of everything else that's going to develop it isn't your strength. It isn't your power that's going to win the day. Welcome the word. Hear it with gladness. Embrace it with all your might. Don't second guess your obedience to him. Keep reading. Keep applying. And watch the fruit grow in your life. Because it will. It will. The seed is the word. Let's pray. Your word is good. It's not just true. Of course it is. But in a way that only your Holy Spirit makes happen, it's not words on paper. This word is a germinating word. It, it doesn't come static. As it's embraced, as it's yielded to, it has a life of its own. And so, bless every Bible study, bless every sermon, bless every teaching in Cedarview Community Church. Bless all of our people that, that, that we will start to see the wonder and the power of the sword of the Spirit and the seed of the Word in our lives. And so we love you, Jesus, with all of our hearts, and we love your Word Help us never to take it for granted, to study it and to digest it and to love it better than gold. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for hearing us. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.